SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you and welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. They're back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Coming your way tonight, uh, the close of the transfer window. We'll chat to Neil Gregg from AfricanFootball.com to find out about some of the big moves, uh, both here and internationally. We'll also uh, find out what's the latest out of the Bafana Bafana squad. We'll head to Flushing Meadows as well to get some tennis action. And we'll chat rowing, the World Championship taking place at the moment but we start with news bad news for Bafana Bafana ahead of the AFCON qualifying against Mauritania this weekend Talani Slatswaya has been withdrawn from the squad he's picked up a thigh strain Slatswaya will miss the qualifier against Mauritania as well as the friendly against Senegal he's been replaced in that squad by Supersport United defender Clayton Daniels Talani Serrero and Sepo Masilela are also doubts for both games with the PSL on a break due to the FIFA window, teams have the opportunity to consolidate after the first few weeks of the season for Supersport United coach Gordon Iggerson. He's uh, looking to improve on their start when the league does resume, despite a few big signings in this transfer window. United have won just one of their first three league matches, and Iggerson believes uh, it'll take some time for the team to start gelling. I can't remember which coach it was now, but uh, one of our coaches said, you know, it takes between six and eight weeks for a team to really get going when you've brought in so many players, you know. And I don't think we've got that time. We've got, the, we've got a bit of time now in the next uh, 10, 12 days. One of those signings is New Zealander Michael Boxall. Having already scored a goal this season, Iggerson says the Matatanta defender is settling well. He's improved 100%. When he played in Cape Town, I played him as a centre-back. He's not a centre-back, he's a right-back, you know, but as I say, I put him in there and had a look. And, but I'm quite happy with his progress. Talking of that transfer window, it closes tonight. Been lots of movement today. David De Gea will remain at Manchester United. How's this for a story? He's moved to Real Madrid, fell through because of his documentation arriving late. Chelsea have signed Nantes defender uh, Papi Dijabodj uh, on a four-year deal. West Ham United have been particularly active. They've signed Hull City striker uh, Nikita Jelovic, N- Nigerian winger Victor Moses uh, on a season-long loan from Chelsea, as well as Cameroon midfielder Alex Song from Barcelona. Looking at some of the other moves today. Crystal Palace striker Glenn Murray signed a three-year deal with newly promoted Bournemouth. Aston Villa have signed West Brom Albion defender Jolene Lescott. And Manchester United completed the signing of 19-year-old Monaco striker Anthony Marshall on a four-year deal. All eyes will be on Auckland, New Zealand tomorrow as the lone candidate Durban is expected to be confirmed as the historic host of the 2022 Commonwealth Games. It'll be the first time an African nation will host the event. And uh, there's been some uh, controversy to hit the International Olympics. Olympic Committee once again. The logo for the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games has been scrapped after allegations of plagiarism. We'll have news from the Rowing World Championships in France in just a short while. In Rugby News, Ireland announced their World Cup squad today. It'll be led by Paul O'Connell. There's 17 World Cup debutants in there. And also news out of the box squad. Ivan Etzebeth seems to have picked up a calf injury at training today. It doesn't look like uh, it will affect him too badly. He's still on track for the World Cup. On to cricket now. World's, uh, or India won their first Test Series abroad since 2011 in Colombo. Ishan Sharma returned figures of 8 for 86 in the match as India does Miss Sri Lanka for 268 to claim a 117 run victory and in doing so claim the three match series 2-1 in Formula 1 news Force India have announced that Nico Hulkenberg has signed a two year deal to remain with the team until 2017 let's head to Flushing Meadows next you're listening to Sport on SAFM the next best thing to being at the game well, the year 
Australia's final Grand Slam is underway. Day two in New York today, and we're joined by Simon Campbell. Simon, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap, and uh, some big names uh, in, in action today, one of them being South Africa's Kevin Anderson. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, Kevin Anderson is due on court, second match on court number 13. He's playing his first round match, uh, which I actually should hope to win. He plays uh, Andre Rublev of Russia. But, um, you know, nothing's been taken for granted. There's been a lot of upsets here already. It is brutally hot today. Uh, so it's going to be a test of the physical side as much as the mental side for him. Some of the other big names uh, that are in action today, who can we look forward to? Well, Roger Federer and Andy Murray make their uh, start to their campaigns. Federer, uh, of course, you know, won Cincinnati just a couple of weeks ago, or 10 days ago. He's looking very good. He starts off against Leonardo Meyer of Argentina. He's a good player, actually. This could be an interesting match for Federer, but he is in form. And then Murray takes on Nick Kyrgios, the controversial new uh, talking point of the men's tour, uh, in an evening match, which could be very interesting. Without a doubt, uh, if not for the tennis, but for everything else. So it should be a, a great matchup. As far as the ladies go, you and I didn't chat yesterday. Serena Williams with a fantastic opportunity. If she wins uh, this fortnight in the championship, she, she sort of equals Steffi Graf's uh, record, or the record of, of most number of Grand Slam titles, but it'll be the first calendar Grand Slam since 1988. Yeah, that's right. It'll be since, since Steffi did it in 1988. Um, it would be an amazing achievement. She's come this far, it seems... Hard to see anyone stopping her, really. And yesterday, you know, several names in her section who we might have expected to give her a little bit of trouble all went up, including Sloane Stevens and Karolina Pliskova uh, and even Anna Ivanovic. So things are sort of falling into place for Serena. But, yeah, she looks good. She had an easy win last night when her opponent was clearly injured and had to pull out early in the second set. So good start. Well, we'll keep an eye closely on that. We'll have all the results from this evening on AM Live tomorrow morning. Simon Campus, thank you very much for that. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Trap, uh, we'll chat rowing with one of South Africa's golden boys. The South African State Theatre in association with Sibigwa Art Centre presents Uhambo, The Journey. Written and directed by Phyllis Clark and Small and at the South African State Theatre from 2 to 25 September 2015. Time, 8 p.m. Book your ticket now at Computicket. Uhambo, the journey. Live at the South African State Theatre. The Small Business Friday movement is calling on the nation to get behind job creators, nation builders, entrepreneurs and the hardworking men and women who make up the backbone of the economy. The 4th of September is Small Business Friday, brought to you by the National Small Business Chamber, NSBC, in association with Nedbank. So if you're a small business owner, call us on the 4th of September on 0891-104-207 to market your business on air. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap and if you're a big fan of rowing and so you should be if you think about what's happened in SA rowing over the last few years particularly around uh, the London 2012 Olympic Games I can tell you that uh, South African rowers have been working really hard behind the scenes in the build up to Rio 2016 and uh, they're all competing as we speak at the World Rowing Championships which are taking place in France at the moment and uh, we're joined now by a man who's no stranger to international rowing competition he's not racing at the moment he has hung up his oars but uh, he knows exactly what it's like uh, to be racing at this sort of level Matthew Britton joins us now Matthew welcome on to SFM Sports Wrap thanks for your time tonight no, it's awesome, and uh, nice to uh, chat about running on, on the radio. I have to ask before we get into what's happened the last two days, are you sitting watching this from the outside, secretly wishing you were there? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, not even that secretly. I, uh, yeah, I must say, watching these guys going out there and uh, just remembering back to that same uh, pressure that we experienced four years ago and uh, to qualify for the Olympics, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't miss that pressure, but I do miss that excitement and uh, and the racing. And you know, there's nothing better than coming down that course and you're looking to your right and looking to your left, and there's all these uh, boats next to you, and you know that if you give it everything, you can just do it. So, Before we get into yeah, the results. Before we get into the results of yesterday and today and, and what to look forward to for the rest of the week, let's just talk about the importance of this World Championships in the build-up to, to Rio 2016. It's vitally important that the South African crews do well if they want to want to go to the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, uh, if uh, your goal is to go to the Olympics, then this is, uh, this is almost more important than the actual Olympics. This is uh, where all the qualifying happens. So uh, most of the events that uh, South Africa is racing in you need to come in the top 11 crews in in, uh, in your event, and then that that qualifies you for the games. So if you come uh, 13th or 15th, then uh, you you don't qualify for the games. But if uh, if you're in the top 11, um, then that uh, that guarantees the boat a spot there. So if you're an athlete in the boat, that doesn't necessarily mean that you will go. But uh, yeah, I mean it's a huge step in that whole process of going to the Olympics. Yeah, and the South African rowers have been working really, really hard behind the scenes to, to make sure that it all happens this week. And you talk about that pressure of going into a championship like that. Two of our rowers who, who have got big pressure on them, James Thompson and John Smith, they uh, defending world champions in the lightweight double skulls. They got off to a pretty solid start yesterday. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, those two are, are definitely our flagship boats at the moment. And, um, yeah, I think they, they've got good ways of handling that pressure. But uh, for sure, they... Uh, and, <clears throat> they, they're doing well and they won their heat and they're going to go into the quarterfinal and then slowly narrows down until, uh, until the final where I think they'll be hoping um, to look beyond just qualifying for the Olympics and maybe to, to double up on last year's gold at the World Champs. Yeah, without a doubt. Matthew, one thing that's been really uh, impressive is, is the way our, our ladies have performed, and we've got a, a few crews that are, are, are doing really well at, at these championships so far, and it, it bodes well for, for Rio 2016. Tell us a, a little bit about those, those uh, female crews. Yeah, I think, you know, following uh, the London Olympics, the, the whole team's really come together in a, in a very good way, and, you know, a lot of belief, and, and as you say, that these, these guys train ridiculously hard. I mean, it's seven days a week, like 50 weeks of the year. And I think the ladies' team has uh, has has been the standout performer in the last three years, where they've taken a lot of confidence and um, you know from the way that we were training. And I think they've applied it to their own own rowing. And uh, yeah, we've got two fantastic crews there. We've got the um, Purse and Nadine Smith in the, in the pair, and then the, the one that I think is is probably one of South Africa's best. Best hopes for a medal at um, at uh, next year's well at this World Champs and Rio is uh, Kirsten McCann and Ursula Hogla. I mean, <clears throat> these two are in the in the lightweight double, and uh, they came second just a few weeks ago at Lisbon. And I mean, I just watched their their heat um, now at, uh, in France, and they are looking so good that uh, I think they're going to be really really tough to beat. Tell me a little bit about Sean Keeling and David Hunt. They also off to a, a pretty decent start this week. Yeah, so they they rang in the pair, and you know South Africa's got um, has got really a proud to tradition in men's pair rowing. They, we've been uh, at uh, virtually every Olympics since '96, uh, and um, you know we've got a six, we've got a bronze in uh, uh, we've got a sixth place in Sydney, we've got a bronze in in Athens, and 
you know, there was a big period there where uh, two of South Africa's stalwarts really built up uh, South Africa's uh, credibility in that event. Um, and now, John, uh, I mean, uh, David Hunt and uh, and Sean Keeling have really taken taken that, that challenge on to maintain that. And I think, yeah, they, we got a bronze medal last year at the, the World Champs. Um, slightly different combination, but Sean Keeling in there again. And I think uh, I think it'll be tough for them to to double up on that. Um, it's a tough event, and I think you know there's been a few injuries, and it hasn't just been perfect um, for them moving moving into this World Champs. So I think uh, to you know to get in the top six would be a fantastic result for them and set them up well um, well for for the Rio Olympics. There was some some disappointment uh, for Lawrence and Lovevins, Brett, uh, Lawrence Britton, and John T. Smith as well. The men's heavyweight fours, uh, not, not I mean, uh, uh, good performance, but they they obviously wanted to do as well as possible, and, and things haven't quite gone their way. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the week progresses, and you need to make sure that you're staying. Uh, you know, you you prog- you make it through to the next round, and unfortunately, they they missed out this morning. They needed to come in the top two, and they they only managed to to come third. So it's a hugely disappointment, uh, hugely disappointing, and uh, I mean, especially for me, it's close to my heart. That's my uh, younger brother there in the bar seat of that boat, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's actually he's just come back from having this uh, terrible uh, bout of cancer, actually. So I mean, it was pretty amazing for them to even do as well as they did, but uh, it just seems like qualifying was just one step too far for them. Yeah, it was so close, but yet so far, Matthew. It's uh, always great to catch up to you, and uh, yeah, I just love your passion about the sport, and love that you you're still so interested in it, and and still have a vested interest. So thanks for your time, and we look forward to chatting again soon. Let's hope uh, the rest of the week progresses really well, and we can uh, qualify these boats for the Olympics. Yeah, let's hope that uh, these crews uh, give us something else to talk about later on in the week, and uh, I think they will. Uh, I think they will. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap and an interesting day as far as football goes. Uh, lots of eyes on the markets. It is uh, the close of the transfer window today. and We're joined by editor of AfricanFootball.com. Greg, Neil, welcome on to uh, the show once again. Nice to, nice to chat. Are you well? I'm well, thanks, Brad. Good to talk. And um, yeah, looking forward to the first day of spring and hopefully... A spring in the step of all the footballers around the, the world making moves. Gee, it's almost it's it's virtually impossible to keep up with who's going where. There's there's always this time of the year lots of speculation, and in the days leading up to to the final sort of day, uh, lots of rumours abound. But uh, one that really piqued my interest was uh, the story with David de Gea uh, leaving Manchester United. That one's fallen through. Uh, it, it sounds like a bit of an administration bungle. That's horrible. Terrible one. I mean, I think it's worse for the player because obviously um, the club or Manchester United have moved along swiftly to bring in, you know, the Argentine keeper. And, uh, you know, the other boy, David, has been angling angling for the move. And uh, sometimes it can backfire, you know, this thing of holding clubs to ransom and, or, you know, or, or really putting in a transfer request, um, holding out for, for bigger figures. And, you know, I don't think any player is irreplaceable on the world stage. And I think that's where the clubs are starting to box back a little bit and box the players into into a corner in some instances where they say, well, you know, I can quite easily replace you unless you are really, really, really that good. 
Yeah, it, it makes for, for a couple of interesting things. I mean, you look at what happened at the end of last season here in South Africa, particularly around Kaiser Chiefs and, and some of the moves that were, were supposed to happen and didn't happen, and all of a sudden you're sitting with players without contracts. So it, it is definitely interesting. Looking at some of the other moves today, I mean, what's, what's really surprised you, if, if any? Well, I think, I don't know if I want to say I'm, I'm too surprised by, by many. I think what's, what's maybe got me a little bit curious or interested is, uh, especially being African, is that... Uh, Looking into the English Premier League specifically, um, the kind of the, the Africans that have moved across. I mean, Andre Ayew at Swansea has been a revelation, okay? Moving in, the Ghanaian uh, superstar has been fantastic. And, uh, you know, if you look at clubs like West Ham United, the two Senegalese boys uh, who we'll be seeing playing against Bafana Bafana next Wednesday in Soweto, uh, Kuyate and Sako have become really important players for West Ham. Uh, so is Alex Song, who they've now secured on an, another loan deal from Barcelona this morning. And uh, they've gone in and now brought uh, Victor Moses uh, from Chelsea, uh, the Nigerian, across to West Ham. And uh, I think Adebayo might also be in the mix. So you've got you know, certain uh, English premiership clubs going for four or five African players. Uh, Crystal Palace is another one who've had a, a superb start to the season after doing some of their pre-season Cape Town. Uh, you know, they've got a, a, a handful of Africans as well. So you're seeing guys move, move across. And, and um, just Chelsea, I think, today signed the Senegalese centre-back from France. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of Africans in the Belgians and the France, the French leagues, who are, you know, the, 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 next, the next kind of players that, you know, England, English teams are looking for because they bring that spark, they bring that creativity, that something unique that you don't get from many of the European players, certainly not the British players. That's an interesting point you, you bring up there too, Neil. Would it also possibly be a case of economics? I mean, if you look at over the last few years and, and some of the big transfers, you think particularly of, of Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the Gareth Bale transfer, do you think the clubs are being a bit more circumspect with the way they spend on big names as opposed to getting one big name and, and breaking the club's budget? You, you could pick up uh, three or four or five really good quality African players for, for less than what you would pay for one sort of Gareth Bale for an example for sure and not only the Africans but if you if you've got good scouting networks in the Scandinavian countries for example you know Sweden Finland Denmark Norway and as well as Eastern Europe you you look at those English Premier League teams where you know certainly all the money is with the pound and the ability to you know people do complain about the makeup of these teams and there's not many English players in it but You've got these superb uh, cocktails of, of players, international teams, if you like, where you've got the Scandies, you've got the, the Eastern European, you've got the, the, sometimes the, 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 the flair of the Southern European teams, the Italians, some, the, some Spanish, quite a few Spanish players now in England, and then you know the raw power and technique of the Africans. And so you've got these amazing... Uh, you, you can watch any English Premiership game now, and uh, you know Leicester City don't look like Leicester City used to look like. There's a flavour about them, Southampton as well, um, and so I think it's about picking up bargains no matter where you go. But and, and teams are picking up bargains, so they can create the next Gareth Bale, they can create the next big signing, uh, maybe off to a Barca or Madrid, or, or, or within the English Premiership certainly. The next big signing moving moving to Manchester United or or a Chelsea or a Manchester City, and um, so you look at Swansea bringing in Wilfred Bonny from Ivory Coast, um, top scorer in the Dutch league. He comes to Swansea, and he makes a big move to Man City a season or two later. So the kind of business that the smaller clubs in England are doing, 
But at the same time, the likes of the African superstars are really making their names famous in the world's most marketable league. So it's a very interesting model and definitely an interesting transfer situation. As far as the clubs go, who do you think's picked up the best moves this transfer window so far? Like it's one player that's going to make a big difference in, in the club setup. Well, you, you meaning Brad across the English Premier League, uh, South African PSL? Uh, pretty much. Uh, let, let's talk. Let's talk uh, EPL first, and then we can touch yeah. quickly on the South African. Well, I think uh, uh, this transfer deadline for me hasn't been as thrilling as, as as before. But I've said right from the start when Andre Ayew made his move from Marseille, he could have gone to any of the big teams in England, and I said so because of his experience with the national team Ghana and Marseille, he's gone to Swansea, a good football side. I still think he's going to be possibly one of the signings of the whole season. Um, but, yeah, I think in this recent on these, in these recent days, keep an eye out for uh, Diamosi Mbokani, a Congolese striker. He's just gone to Norwich City from uh, Belgium. I think he might get a few goals and create some noise and then... Yeah, I think Liverpool picked up a Nigerian from their junior national teams, Awani, who is a very, very highly rated young player. If he gets a chance, I think he could he could turn a few heads as well. Um, and then, of course, Alex Song coming back to West Ham. I think he'll be he'll be more than useful um, at, at, a, at a good West Ham side. From a South African point of view, SuperSport United obviously making a, a couple of uh, good signings in this in this transfer window. They've really bolstered their squad. They've got some some big names there now. Yeah, they have. Uh, they have. You know, Gordon Nigerson likes his experience. He always has, and he's brought in a couple of Australian and uh, New Zealand uh, players, and uh, an Australian. And uh, you know, there's there's definitely a strength in the core of the team at uh, SuperSport, and you'd like to think they'll score goals. Mm. Um, whether they can get the rhythm right and the combination play, I mean, so it is a lot of new players. I think that will be the the the, the trick that. Uh, Will probably be the hardest thing for him to do, but yeah, I guess Bidvest fits as well. I think holding on to Sibusisa Vilakazi is almost like a new transfer in a sense. You know, being able to keep uh, you know, arguably South Africa's best player yeah. uh, from leaving the club, I think, is you know, possibly one of the smartest moves in, 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 in the transfer season. It might sound strange. Everyone, you know, most Chiefs fans wanted him there and Sundowns too, but I think the fact that they've kept him makes the league a whole lot more competitive. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season indeed. Uh, Neil Gregg from AfricanFootball.com, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, yeah, a couple of interesting moves. We'll keep an eye on how they pan out in the rest of the season. Thanks for your time. Much appreciated. Anytime. Anytime, guys. Thank you. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Well, with it being uh, International Week this week, I can tell you news out of the Bafana Bafana camp is that Kaiser Chiefs left back Tsepo Masilelis continued to snub Bafana Bafana call-ups, this time on the eve of a crucial 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifier away to Mauritania. takes place this coming Saturday. Masilelis and Ajax Amsterdam's Talani Serrera are the two players who are reported to be injured and were also missing from the team's training session this morning. SABC sport journalist Valile Ambuli attended the men's senior national football team training session and filed this report. When Safa sent a statement this morning that Chiefs has informed them of Marcelella's injury, alleging that his left knee has fled up again and will need some rest, one could sense that there's something fishy. Marcelella, who has already played six official matches in all competitions for Chiefs this season and played a full 90-minute against Blomford and Celtic last Saturday, suddenly is injured. While Serrero is reported to be arriving today for medical assessment, it's worth noting that Bafana Medico Dr. Tulani 
Sasa so, yet to get confirmation from chiefs regarding Masilela. Tulani Serrero, we received a, a message from uh, Amsterdam saying that he's injured. They've sent us a scan, but he has started training. So we said uh, he should come through for a medical assessment. We'll only know once he's here so that we can make a determination whether he's fit to continue with the team or not. And uh, regarding Masilela, um, uh, we communicated with the uh, Chief Medical Team and they sent us a report that he's also injured. He's got a, a knee injury. And uh, we're still waiting for him to come through for medical assessment so that we can make his determination. When are the two players coming? They're supposed they're expected to be here by today. Masulela has confirmed he's coming? Um, I haven't received any confirmation. I'm, we're still waiting. You played 90 minutes this past week. It's true, and we are still waiting for him to come for a medical assessment. Masulela is without a doubt one of the best fullbacks the country has currently, and there have been growing calls for him to be called up. Mashaba Julie did that in the absence of the injured Orlando Barrett's duo of Tabo Matlaba and Petro Pungwayo. With Manuel de Sundowns' Mzigaise um, Mashaba and Siabonga Zulu of Platinum Stars already in the team, Mashaba is clear that he doesn't need a replacement for Masilela. Well, most unfortunately, there isn't much to talk about. Uh, we're waiting for him to come, and the doctor will give us uh, his findings, and then we'll take it from there. Most unfortunately, that is why when we always select a team, we make sure we've got backup players because we anticipate this kind of problems to happen. We don't want to say this is a blow losing a player like that. That is why most of the times we have a, a two or three players in a position. This was for the second time that Mashaba had called up Masulela and he turned him down. Earlier this year, he called him up to replace an injured Pungwayo before the AFCON tournament in Equatorial Guinea. The 30-year-old was reported to be injured by Chiefs, but played in their first game immediately after the tournament. There's also unconfirmed reports that is out of the country as we speak, and this would fuel speculations that the player doesn't want to play for the current national team coach. Mashaba had an interesting response when asked whether he would call Masilela in future. Even if he comes or he doesn't come, let's say if he doesn't come, we're not going to call another player. We've got backup players in his position. It, it is not to say when we call a player in that position, we rely. Yes, players will differ from one another in terms of uh, experience and what they play. But if they are not there, there's nothing much we can do. We've got those that we've called here to, to come and do the job. Well, uh, you're talking about the future. The future will guide us what to do with time as we go on, we'll see what to do. Afana are currently joined second in Group M, tied with Gambia on one point, two points behind Cameroon, who beat Mauritania at 1-0 on the opening weekend of the qualifiers. Only one team is guaranteed to qualify from the group, and Mashaba says they strongly need to return with a good result. Well, about Mauritania, we've done our homework, we've searched, but uh, what we have is their pre uh, previous uh, records, how they played. What has made us aware is not a team to take light, it's the result that they came with from Cameroon. They went to Cameroon, they lost. But if you go far back, you'll find that there are games that they've lost 7-0 and 3-0. So that we don't want to, uh, to, to take that into our minds because it's sort of like going to make us to be complacent. We are no, they're not a very good side, an easy side to play. We've got to take them and give them the respect that they deserve. I think uh, some of the things... When we talk about them, we've got to understand each other. As a leader, you're not going to say when you go to war and say, we'll see how it goes. And you're raising up a very important uh, point that we have drawn the first game. So this is a must win. And you hear people saying it puts pressure on everything. People, you have pressure in your house eating your dinner. 
you still have to, you, you ask yourself, if I don't finish, the madam will ask me, where did I eat? <laughs> so you're working hard to finish the plate. So it's the same as in football, that's what is happening, you know. In the previous AFCON qualifying campaign, which saw Bafana qualifying as group winners and forcing defending champions Nigeria to miss the tournament, Mashaba's team had a good away record. They won two games on the road against Sudan and Congo respectively. And Mashaba says they performed better away. I have indicated to us, you know, sometimes, Velile, uh, uh, that uh, we prefer playing away now. There are no pressures playing away. You know you've got to go fight against odds whereby the crowds are the, for the home team and then you are, you are the only team that is there you, you are all by yourself with your kid managers and everybody so that is why I'm saying uh, now of late modern trends of football they're changing they show you that uh, playing away is better if you look at most of the teams worldwide their best result is when they play away Masilela who last played for Bafana Bafana in 2013 under Gordon Ekhazand is also alleged to be missing from this camp because he believes that he's only getting the call-ups because some regulars are missing. Perhaps it's time for the men with 46 international caps to retire officially from international football. Vel Lambuli, SABC Sport, Johannesburg. Good news though, Dean Furman, Ayanda Potosi and Mandla Masango have arrived in camp and they trained with the team this afternoon. Eric Matoho has been rested for the afternoon session at the University of Johannesburg Stadium as a precaution ahead of this weekend's match. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for the show this evening. I can tell you that uh, the transfer window rapidly coming to a close and just looking at some of the figures, uh, it is incredible how much has been spent. £850 million in excess of that so far uh, at the current exchange rate. Uh, that is 1.77 billion rands in the European transfer market, uh, just this window alone. It's incredible. But we'll have a full wrap tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Find out exactly who went where. My name is Brad Brown. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Don't forget you can be in touch. You can tweet us or find us on Facebook. Just search for SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, yeah, enjoy this evening's show. Talk shop coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock. Before then though, it's time for your news. You've been listening to a podcast of SAFM Sports Wrap. Catch it live every Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday evening from 6.30 to 7. Only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader.